The Church of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This series is an in-depth, through-the-Bible exploration with a focus on what the scriptures teach about the source and nature of authority. Before we join Pastor Greg for the start of the next sermon in the study, let me invite you to visit us on the web. The website address is www.shiarjashub.org. Now, let's go into the Sunday message. We resume the Heavenly Authority series in 1 Kings chapter 12, and I'll reread the section we started last time. In verse 1, And Rehoboam, that's Solomon's son, went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. And we spoke last time about the significance of that city, Shechem. And notice all Israel, the intention here is to go there and make Solomon's son king. So it happened, verse 2, when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it, he was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt, that they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, So Jeroboam comes out of exile. He's called by the assembly of Israel. Obviously, they're concerned, as we mentioned last time, with the heavy taxes. They're concerned with the harsh labor demands. And they are, they're appealing to Rehoboam. They will serve him. They intend to make him king, but they have a legitimate grievance. And they bring it before him, looking for him to understand, looking for him to be concerned, looking for him as a leader to take part in their problem and give them some relief. And the whole assembly of Israel and Jeroboam, their representative, they say in verse 4, Your father made our yoke heavy. The yoke was heavy. A burden. Now therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us and we will serve you. Remember Jeroboam was told by the prophet that ten of the tribes would be given to him and yet his attitude at this point like David with Saul is not to rebel against Rehoboam but rather to make the petition and then say, if you do this, we want to serve you. Just help us. Relieve the burden. Relieve the yoke. Verse 5, So he, Rehoboam, said to them, Depart for three days, then come back to me. And the people departed. They will serve him. They will anoint him king over Israel. Verse 6, Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon, while he still lived. And he said, How do you advise me to answer these people? So he asks his father's advisor. Now, obviously, the advisors have 
been involved with Solomon in building up the kingdom to this unified point. And in Proverbs chapter 11, we read the anointed advice that Solomon gives through the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 11 and verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Wise advice for any in leadership. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. It's a caution for those in leadership, secular leadership and church leadership. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And again, in Proverb, Proverbs 15, 22, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. If you want the plans to go right, if you want the people to stand, you need as a leader to, to listen, to listen to godly advice. I believe that's a problem that many ministries that grow very large have. The people, the person that's the central figure, begins to think he does not need advice. And every person, everyone, especially those called into a position of leadership, need to ask others, those who believe in the Lord, those who know the Word of God, those who are aged, mature in the Lord, what they think. They can't be an island. The devil can deceive any of us. He can fool any of us. And he knows the weakness, the weak area to tap us at. And when there's a multitude of counselors, it becomes more difficult for the enemy to get a foothold because someone there is going to see, have revelation from God, speak wisdom from the Lord, and the plan will go forward, the people will survive. Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So he asks these mature leaders, counselors, advisors of Solomon, how do you advise me to answer these people? And verse 7, he receives excellent advice. And they spoke to him, saying, If you will be a servant to these people today, and serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. They were not asking this request from Rehoboam to set him up. They were sincere Help us, and we will serve you. Help us, and we will anoint you king. And the advisors, the counselors understand that, and they tell the king Rehoboam, if you will be a servant to these people and serve them, they will be your servants forever. That's a tremendously important principle in our study of heavenly authority. It cannot be overemphasized. The idea that the leader must be the servant. It didn't start just with the Constitution of the United States. It goes all the way back to the word of the Lord given to the Hebrews. The leader must be the servant. How many times have we read it, and I will read it many times again in this study, from the New Testament, the words of our Lord in Mark chapter 10, and verse 42, after they have this debate on who is the greatest, uh, James and John ask 
to sit at his right and left hand. And the others that heard it became greatly displeased with James and John. And then verse 42 of Mark chapter 10, it says, But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them. That's the way of the world. That's the way of human nature. When you have power, when you have authority, you rule. You trample on those under you. That's the sinful human nature. That's the way of the Gentiles, the nations. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, considered rulers because really there is only one ruler. There is only one king, God Almighty. But for a time, for a season, for a very temporary portion of history, they seem like somebody. They have certain power. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave, the servant of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus gave us the example. The Almighty Son of God, God the Son, comes down, relinquishes all his position in the heavenlies, comes down and becomes as one of us, the one that is right for us to serve, to be anointed king, first comes and serves, serves to the utmost, gives his life a ransom for many. And so he says to his disciples, it shall not be so among you as it is among the Gentiles. I give you the new example. The one of you that wants to be first, you have to be slave, servant of all. If you want to be great, you have to be the servant of all. So ministers, leaders in the church are called to have a servant mentality. Not to be brazen, not to love to be called teacher, teacher, rabbi, rabbi, father, father not to see themselves lifted up, exalted, to go up on some high platform and make a decree down at the people, to be set up as something special and different, but rather as you read of Peter and Paul and James and John, they were one with the people. Yes, they were given great authority. Yes, the Holy Spirit made clear the authority they had, but they were one of their brethren. They were servants of all. And anyone that wants to follow their example must take the caution, must understand that we are not called to be some high, exalted leader. If you serve in the church, and really everyone has some service, right? But if you have a public service, if you have a public leadership, all the more, you must be last. You must be the servant of all. And Rehoboam here is given tremendous advice that he needs to serve the people, and then they will recognize his kingship and they will serve him. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 25, again we read, Luke 22, 
and 25. He said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. They appreciate when people rule them. That's human nature. There's a flip side to this. Those who are earthly or worldly in their leadership enjoy the praise, enjoy the position, enjoy the power, enjoy being able to manipulate people rather than understanding that to be servants. The other side of it is that people that are being directed sometimes appreciate those who lord it over them. You can join Pastor Greg on the web at www.shiarjeshub.org. The Shiar Jeshub website has information about our church and services, including the history of our church and articles of faith. There is also an extensive library of our radio programs and commentaries by Pastor Greg on important topics. Right now in the commentary section, you will find an intriguing analysis by Pastor on capitalism. There is much debate in the Christian community on this topic of money, wealth, and the role of government. And Pastor has written an article based on sound biblical principles. The address again is www.shearjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. And as always, you can join us for Sunday service at 10 a.m. in the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.